0: This is the Love to the Nations podcast. It's a place for conversation on what it really means to follow Jesus and show his love to the world. So today in our podcast, uh, we're going to stay in the same vein. Uh, And you, if you have your Bible, you can go to Matthew 20 or you can just listen. Um... In Matthew chapter 20, we, it's, it's really one of my favorite uh, pictures in the Bible, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Uh, it says in verse 20, Matthew 20, 20, Then came to him, came to Jesus, the mother of Zebedee's children, with her sons worshiping him and desiring a certain thing from him. She was desiring a specific thing from him. And he said to her, oh, I'm in the King James on my Bible app. So that's fun. What wilt thou? <laughs> uh, let me, let me go to the NIV. It's the one I like to read. Okay. What wilt thou? What wilt thou? Let's start using that, that uh, phrasing. Anyway. Okay. I'm going to start again. Matthew 20:20. 20, 20. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling down asked a favor of him. Jesus said, What is it you want? She said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. Jesus said to them, You don't know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup I am going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to him, "Said to them, You will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many." This, this story makes me laugh because sometimes, you know, I think that it, it must be a Greek mom who says, please put my sons in the high place. Anyway, that's a joke. If you're Greek, you understand. But, you know, this mother and the disciples, they had this picture that, oh, here's the king of the Jews. Here's the king. He's going to be king. And they're thinking it's going to be an earthly kingdom. They're thinking that, oh, well, if I get close to him, if I get close to Jesus, this man of influence, then I'm going to be great too. And you know, we laugh at this account and we look and say, like, who would actually think that? But has that mentality, has that, have have those thoughts kind of seeped into how we see the Christian life and how we view what it means even to be a minister of the gospel, even to know what it means? And, you know, these, these sons, they're thinking, well, I have just achieved greatness because of who I'm next to, who I associate with. And they were thinking this is their key to greatness. This is their key to being known. This is their key to being great. And in their mind and in their mentality, they're thinking I'll have this authority. And that is not the heart of Jesus. What is the heart of Jesus? What did he say? Is if you want to be great... If you want to have authority, if you want to have you know, a true greatness about you, you go lower, you serve. And as believers and believers in Jesus, our motive and our striving should not be to be known to associate with this person and this person and climb this social ladder that maybe... You know, maybe you think that then you'll truly make it. I'm, I'm speaking to like this system that has been created that I feel like many times is not the heartbeat of Jesus. And so the way that Jesus calls us to live and the way that Jesus calls us to lead is a different model The way that Jesus calls us to lead is through servanthood. You know, I remember I was part of a children's ministry growing up. And and so we would do these conferences and like thousands of children would come. And so, you know, they had different teams of different ages, like leadership teams and i remember like so from until age 12 you were in a team called the special forces these are the kids you know it's like the leaders of the kids but we're still kids you know we're doing offerings anyway it's an amazing system but then once you pass 12 you're no longer a child in the children's leadership team but then when you pass 12 you become part of a team called task force so, you know, in my mind, it was the very first year that they had this group in this children's conference and super kids. And, uh, I remember I was the very, I was on the first team of being part of the task force. Now in my mind, because I had never seen before, you know, what is a task force task force do? And I'm thinking I have been put on this team. I have sort of this like pride about being on this team because I think that it's going to bring me some sort of, I don't know, greatness, that I'm going to be a leader, that people are going to look at me. You know, I'm 13. I like have all the world's answers, you know, at 13. So anyway, I was really excited about being part of this team. Before our conferences, we would have meetings about it. And and I'm thinking, All that I'm going to do is be seen, maybe be on the stage, be seen as like this great leader. So the conference begins and I don't know, maybe I didn't understand what the word task meant. Task, aka work. And I remember being put in a position, I think it was an usher, okay? So I was like standing there for hours, making sure the little kids didn't like hit each other or they weren't talking during service or anything like that. And I remember standing there because being an usher to me was the lowest job. And I'm thinking, I got on this team just to be an usher and oh my I remember it like it was yesterday and I'm standing there and I begin to cry like so pathetic but I remember I began to cry because I didn't realize that to be on this leadership team meant I was gonna have to work I know it sounds like I was so spoiled and I kind of was but glory to God the Lord helped me But I just remember thinking, I didn't know that I had to work. I didn't know that actually I had to put effort and be an usher. This is the lowest job, you know, that you can, I felt felt like you could have. But, you know, obviously it was one of the most beautiful jobs, but I didn't have that understanding because I'm thinking, oh, this means I'm going to be on the stage. Yeah, people are going to see me. And whenever I was reading the story, preparing for this podcast, it made me think of that because I'm thinking like, I have this picture that I'm going to be in a place of greatness, but actually that group, this task force was meant to be a servant, was meant meant to help. But I wasn't ready for that because I'm thinking, oh, this place of high position enables me to be seen and to have an easy life. And let me tell you, that is not what we're called to as believers. And maybe people are feeling like, oh, they want to be great and they want to be seen and, and even in ministry, you know, the more in ministry, the bigger leader that you are, it doesn't mean the more people are there to serve you. The bigger ministry that you have, The more people around, you have a greater responsibility to have a heart of a servant. Instead of seeing ourselves as, you know, all these people are here to serve me, I am here to serve them. How can I bless them? How can I serve them? It's not, you're not creating your own little kingdom in order to have little minions that do everything that you say. It is coming as a leader, as a believer and a leader in whatever world that you're in, I believe the model of Jesus is the higher, the high, the, the way to go higher in the kingdom is actually to go lower. Just like Jesus said. And, you know, maybe, maybe we're, you know, in our lives, we feel like, oh, like, We're just working and we're working and nobody honors me. Well, maybe it's time we shift our thinking and think, who can I serve? Who can I wash their feet? Instead of having a heart of importance, a heart of pride. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 5, it says, In your relationships with one another, Wait, maybe I'll go up. Ooh, I like verse one. I like it all. You know, it says in verse one, Philippians two one. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit rather in humility value others above yourself not looking to your own interests but each of you to the interests of the others in your relationships with one another have the same mindset as christ jesus who being in very nature god did not consider being in very nature with god did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Well wow. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. It says, let this same mind be in you in your relationships with others, in the way that you lead. Let's get out of our mind this self-importance that can grow in our heart. Because you know what? To be an authentic believer, an authentic follower of Jesus Christ, number one, we're known by our love. That's what Jesus said, that they will know you by the way that you love. And to love someone is to serve someone. To love someone is to say, I honor you, I esteem you. Instead of feeling like everybody is here to honor us, esteem us, you know? And, and I know that people are listening to this from all different walks of life, from all different realms of life. And some of you are ministers, some of you. And I believe that God, in every, in every area of, my, of our life, God is calling us to a heart of humility. Not a heart of self-importance, not a heart of pride, but a heart of humility as a leader in love to the nations. In Abba House, it's very easy to feel like everybody is here, everybody's around me to serve my vision, to do what God has asked me to do. And I believe there's a better way to lead. I'm still figuring it out. But I believe that there's a way to lead as a servant. I believe there's a way to say, because you know what? If I'm thinking that my call from God is more important than anybody that God has placed around me, and I'm thinking, oh, my call of God is just so important and they're nothing. Listen, that is not the heart of God. What if there's a way to serve? What if what if there's a way to lead? Be a servant-hearted leader. What if there's a way to do that where I'm saying, you know what? This person has a call from God, and maybe God has placed them here now. But I am here to serve what God has put in their heart to do. And if I, if my aim is to serve in and empower this person to do what God has asked them to do automatically the thing that God has asked me to do in divine connections and divine relationships and divine family I believe automatically the thing God has called me to do is going to to be completed because God has placed in every heart a vision and a dream you know like my brother Max he is an amazing graphic designer, amazing photographer, creative director. And at the beginning of Love to the Nations, I remember, you know, when we would work together and I would say, Max, you know, this is, this is what we're doing. What do you think about that? And he would come up with a design, come up with a creative direction. And you know what? There would be times where I, I didn't understand quite where he was going, but I trusted him and i would be like you know what you're the one that knows more about design and i know more about what i know but i'm going to empower you and give you the freedom to thrive in what god has has gifted you and doing and you know i think when we we lead not as micromanagers thinking we know everything but leading in a way of a servant, you know? Like I empower you to create and let let your gifts flourish. Let the god-given gifts in you flourish. If I think I can do everything, then why would I need anybody? But it's this realization, number 1, I don't know everything. Number 2, if I just say, "Oh no, I don't like that. I'm not going to do that." I mean, I'm not saying if I didn't like something, I wouldn't say something, but for the the most part, I would say, you know what, I trust you. And you are gifted in what you're doing and in ways that I'm not gifted in that. So I'm going to empower you and trust you to do it. And it's, it, I was invested in what he was called to do. I was invested in it and I'm, I'm still invested in it. But, you know, as, as leaders, as Christians, you know, as that scripture said, don't just look to your own interests. Wow. I believe that if we sow in the field of someone else, what, whether it's financially, whether it's sowing our time, whether it's sowing our encouragement, whether it's sending a text and saying, hey, I'm just thinking about you. What? How is everything going? You know, like... Sometimes, I remember one time I would look through my texts and there would be certain people I'm texting. And every time I would text them, it would be me wanting something from them. It would never be, hey, I'm just texting. I'm just reaching out to see how you're doing. Instead of always saying, do you think you can help me with what I'm doing? Do you know, does that make sense? I believe that if we reach out to others, if we're sowing seeds in someone else's fields, we will harvest in our own. It's understanding that our life is not just about ourselves. Our Christian life, definitely, to be a follower of Jesus, to be authentic. We're called to serve one another. And that is how we are great in the kingdom. So our calling, you know, and in, I'm speaking right now even to ministries and even to ministers, you know, I think it's easy to feel like, well, my call is to build an empire and that's going to give God the most glory. And, and I just, my thinking has changed on that. My call is to be a servant, is to be humble, is to love And if that means that I am not great in the eyes of man, if that means that I have not climbed a social ladder to get me rubbing shoulders with certain people, so be it. Because my aim and my pleasure is not to please man. My aim and my pleasure is to please God. That is where my life is great. That is where my life is successful. You know, the story... In Luke chapter 14, verse seven, it says, when he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, Give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. That would be so humiliating, I'm telling you. But when you are invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. I believe in this time, in these seasons, God is calling the church to have a heart of humility, a humble heart. Pride is something that the Lord detests. The Lord detests a spirit of pride. And he's calling all of us to a heart of humility. That is the way that we climb the ladder to a life of greatness. That is how we come to a life of authentic spirituality, authentic, to be authentic lovers of Jesus and to have the same mind that Jesus had. Jesus of anyone could have demanded everyone to serve him. Jesus out of anybody could have demanded all of these things. I mean, as Christians, as ministers of the gospel, what do we demand? Our demand is that we are lower and lower and lower. As low in a heart, as a heart of a servant. You know, I believe if pride is in any place in our heart, that the Lord just removes it from us and obviously we we know the story in John chapter 13 where Jesus like I said before the one who deserved everything the one who could have said to people you're here to serve me I'm God I'm the son of God well if anybody had the opportunity to have had have loads of people just serving him and knowing him and lavishing him with, with doing everything for him. If anybody had a right to have minions, <laughs> it would be Jesus. But what did Jesus do with the greatness given to him? What did Jesus do with the authority and the position that was given to him? He showed what it meant to be truly great. In John chapter 13, we'll read it because, you know, it's something that we need to know. In John chapter 13, it was just before the Passover festival, verse 1, Jesus knew that his hour had come for him to leave the world and go to the Father. Here is someone who's about to give their life who was about to to die for the sins of man. And what does he do on his very last act? He serves, he remains a servant. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end, he served them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. he, He dressed like a servant. His clothes were as though they were the servant's clothes. He was clothed in humility. Then Lord, Simon, then Lord, Simon repeated, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. He kept a heart of humility in everything he did, in every place that Jesus walked. He walked with a heart of humility. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Verily, truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. He was about to place his disciples in a place of leadership, in a place of authority. And he knew that he had to create this example of what it meant to be a leader, a servant leader. That's what it means to be great. And he said, you could have, it's like the disciples knowing that they're going to have this voice, this place of leadership. And it was setting this example so the heart of pride could not come in. As a minister, as someone that, you know, if you go into churches, I believe pride is one of the biggest weapons the enemy uses to get people out of their place with God, to get ministers and leaders out of of being truly authentic and truly being great in the kingdom. And it's something that we all have to guard our heart in. If someone says they don't struggle with pride, I don't believe them, especially ministers. You know what? You go into a church they have a nice little gift basket for you with your favorite chocolate, your favorite kombucha, whatever you like. Here it is in this little basket. You are being so honored. And and then you go and they pick you up. And there's somebody carrying your Bible. And there's somebody and you're about to speak and you're the guest of honor. All those things are out of a place of honor and it's beautiful. It really is. But as a minister, you have to guard your heart to realize I am a servant. I'm a servant of the Lord. I'm not going to come in with the attitude, oh, these people are so blessed to have me. I'm blessed and I am honored and I am humbled to be able to have a place to speak and preach the gospel. I am humbled that I get to meet these people. I get to honor these people. I am humbled. I am here to serve them. It's not the other way around. And so one thing, you know, years ago when I felt I was in this place of hiddenness and and I felt the Lord was calling me out to be seen again. And I had been personally affected and hurt by someone in ministry that just wanted to be famous. I'm telling you, like, and it was harmful. And I began to equate the stage, to equate the ministry platform. I began to equate it with pride and I didn't want anything to do with it. And I began to to cower back and be only want to be hidden. Only want, all I wanted was to stay, you know, in this little village in Greece, to stay in in tents in Iraq. Like I don't want to be seen because for me, what what it meant to be seen and what it meant to be out in the open meant you're having a heart of pride. And I was so scared to, I wanted to live a life of humility. And there was something that the Lord impressed on my heart. And 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 i realized you can have the most humble heart standing on a platform speaking to thousands and you can have the most prideful heart living hidden in a tent the place that we stand doesn't determine our our, our heart posture it's our heart posture that determines how effective that we are so maybe god i re- I, f- I remember feeling like god was calling me out to step out more in the open and i remember having to surrender my idea of what it meant to be humble what it meant to be a minister because i had been hurt because because i had been had been affected by someone that just wanted to be famous oh god guys, in the next podcast, we're going to be talking about fame, about the golden calves of fame. Fame can be a gift of God. Fame can be a place where God calls us. You know, fame is not bad, but fame can be a golden calf, can be an idol. Ministry can be an idol. Anything that comes before our relationship with God, anything that we strive for more than knowing Jesus, knowing him. Anything we strive for more than that has become an idol and a golden calf in our life. And so that's what I was afraid of. But then, I'm real, but then God began to stir my heart and, and I began to surrender and say, Lord, I don't care how big my life is. I don't care how small my life is. I don't care what my life looks like as long as I'm following you. So I was determined, you know, even if the Lord was asking me to go and to stand on a, a platform in front of many people, or if the Lord was asking me to stay hidden in, his, in this village, hidden wherever, it, it didn't matter to me what life looked like. But I have a responsibility. We all have a responsibility to steward our heart. We have a responsibility to have a heart posture that is hidden in him. And that would be my prayer, you know. And, and before I speak, before I minister, I always, most always, I pray, God, hide me. Let my heart stay hidden in you no matter what. No matter what. Oh, I believe God is calling us to steward our hearts. To have a heart posture of humility. I love this scripture. I don't know exactly where it is right now. But it says to be clothed in humility. Put on humility. Put on love like a garment. Every day we're putting on our clothes of humility. As a minister of the gospel. To put on, to be truly a leader. We have to have a heart of a servant. Because if anybody could have come in a heart of, of having everybody do everything for them and, and create this world and create this empire, it, could have been G- it would have been Jesus. But he set an example for us. He's the one that before putting people in a place of authority, he showed them what it really meant to be a man of authority it's to be one who is a servant to be one who is humble and how beautiful is humility how beautiful is that how beautiful was jesus's act that he got on his feet and he served and he loved and you know what just like the story at the beginning where i felt like i was too big too high to just be an usher to just tell kids to stop hitting each other. I thought that I was too high for that. And then God began to change my heart and I realized what a privilege, what a privilege to be low, what a privilege to serve and to love and even to love without expecting anything in return. This is our place to greatness. No longer do we have to try to climb a social ladder because of self-importance. You know, our nature, our human nature hates that God asks us to be low and to be lower. And you know what? Our human nature, you know why our human nature hates to to be childlike? Because as a child, you know, and that's a whole nother, We'll do a podcast on being childlike. But being childlike is really, really a picture of humility. Why? Because as a child, you don't have to figure out what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. It's not your job. You know, your job is to come and receive. And to be a child, that, that's a, hum- a humbling thing that you didn't do anything to deserve. You didn't work for what you've been given. And so, you know, as, as lovers of Jesus, as ministers of the gospel, you know, our human nature hates to, to say, look, what i have that i didn't work for because our human nature loves to have these things that say look who i am look what i do like look how important that i am and i believe god is calling all of those things like just drawing all of those things out of us and and ultimately our heart and our goal is to have a heart of humility just like jesus so, Father, we thank you for this time that we had together. We thank you, Jesus, for your example of what it meant, what it meant to lead, what it meant to be great. And, Lord, we just we ask that all of this, this, these things that you detest, that you despise, all of the things, all these places of pride in our heart, we humble ourselves before you, Jesus. I pray that we put on us a heart of a servant just like you did, Jesus. Show us, Lord, in our place, in our worlds where we can be a greater servant, where we can be lower, Lord. It's our heart, it's our heart cry, Father. And if there's been any place in us that doesn't please you, search our heart and know it and see if there's any place in us, Lord, of pride and root it out, Lord. Let your spirit come over us. Let your spirit invade those places, Lord, and just clean us from these these things clean us from these things lord clean us let us have pure hearts and pure pure hands before you lord we love you and we thank you we thank you for being a servant to us lord we love you jesus in jesus name amen well i hope you're blessed today and um we are going to continue this journey. Again, if there are any topics you want to talk about, any guests you'd love to hear from, let us know. You can message us at love to the nations on Instagram. You can message me at Jenny Olivia, and I'm excited for this journey.